Stories of Ordinary People. Boya, to his five years my senior, was the head of our department and had developed a fondness for me. At first, I shrugged off his flirty ways as I was told he was, you know, homosexual. He boasted that it's going to be easy for him to create similarly scandalous pictures of me. He also threatened to spread the picture he sent through the internet. Stories that present legal questions. Is my husband's homosexuality enough reason to ask for the dissolution of our marriage? I am actually terrified that this photo will be leaked at work and seen by my customers. Straightforward advice that makes complicated legal issues simple to understand. To be able to constitute a ground for the solution of her marriage, Maria has first to prove by a preponderance of evidence the fact that her husband is a homosexual. The situation of Beatrice is no longer uncommon nowadays. That is why we have several new laws on internet content abuse and cyberbullying. Welcome to the second season of Amicus Juris, the podcast project, where real-life stories and their legal consequences are featured in a manner that is easily understandable. Hi, good evening again everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Tonight, we will be discussing cyber libel as defined by Republic Act 10175 or the Cybercrime Prevention Act of 2012. I'm sure active users of social media applications like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram will find our episode tonight both concerning and reassuring. And of course, Joining me in the podcast is my co-host, Blessy. Good evening, Blessy. Good evening, partner. I also want to tell you that I am excited about tonight's episode as I have been active in social media lately. Of course, due to the pandemic, our online presence has never been busier. That is true, partner. I remember telling our audience in Season 1 to always be careful with their online presence. So I hope that with our episode tonight, our listeners will be reminded how important it is to have good online etiquette. It could spare them from severe legal consequences, really. And we are lucky to have our guest lawyer tonight, Attorney Christine Florete, to tell us more about cyber libel under Republic Act 10175. Our letter sender tonight is Gino, a member of the LGBTQ community. He wrote that he was threatened by a politician. As to what this is all about, let us listen to his story. Hello guys, you can call me Gino by day, Gina by night. You know what I mean. I am a proud homosexual. 
I work as a hair and makeup artist in one of the city's leading beauty salons. Uy, I hope you guys can help me. <sighs> I'm in hot water right now because of a stupid thing that I did. This is stressing me out. No. As I said, I work in a beauty salon and of course, I get to listen to the latest chica or gossip. My customers, my goodness. They can easily give news reporters a run for their money. So naturally, I get first-hand information on who's dating whom, who's sleeping with whom, that sort of thing. One day at the salon, one of my generous patrons, let's just call her Donya Budin, asked me to do her hair and makeup. Naku, the matrona was only going to one of her mechong sessions, but my goodness, die, she wants to be dolled up. So while I was styling her, especially her hair, Donya Budin kept on talking about another matron that I know. Hmm, let's call her Donya Mameng. She was saying that Donya Mameng's husband, who is a very well-known politician, was having an affair with Diana. Oops. Did I just give away her name? My God, me and my big mouth. Well, anyway, Donya Buding was really certain that Donya Mameng's husband is philandering again. Now, with this sexy young actress who is supposed to be linked to another actor. What is it with these people? Well, after I was done with Matrona's hair and makeup, I quickly got my cell phone and called my bestie, Cora, who is some sort of a reporter for local tabloid. I told her, Hoi die. You will not believe the latest cheek of mine. <laughs> wow, girl. It's so early in the day, huh? Then I spilled the beans to her. Word for word, just like how Donya Budin has related it to me. It was like, That good-for-nothing bitch of an actress and homewrecker. Oops, sorry. Can I say the B-word here? <laughs> And that is where trouble began. I didn't know Cara was tweeting about what I revealed to her. She did not mention her source, but the tweet was just like downright nasty. It was like this. Lolo politician is bonging the young actress who is young enough to be his granddaughter. And she mentioned their names on the tweet. Kalok talaga tong si Cora Bells. And I don't know what came over me, but when I saw Cora's tweet, I immediately replied in a tweet as well. Yes, and I said, yes, this is so true. They are so immoral, and even included a smiley. Maybe I was just impressed with Cora's courage in exposing this dirty politician. Something that I could, I should have done, but 
I didn't have the guts to do. Oh my god. Thinking that my comment will be lost in the hundreds of comments and retweets that Cora's tweet garnered that day. I was later shocked to discover that the hashtag Dirty Lolo went viral. What's more, my comment was liked, shared, and even quoted in other tweets. Kaloka! At least, a hundred of my friends liked my comment. Hmm. Later, some of them called and told me that I could be in hot water for posting such a comment. At first, I shrugged off these reactions. But my world came crashing down when a lawyer representing the dirty old politician called and threatened to sue me for cyber libel. He said that what I did ruined the reputation of a well-respected veteran politician. At the very least, he said, I can be charged with aiding or abetting in the commission of cybercrime, which is punishable by up to six years of imprisonment. He added that if I do not give a public apology, they will sue me and all my friends who liked, commented, and shared my comment. Oh my god. Guys, you should know that my beauty is meant for beauty contests and not for jail. My god, I don't want to be a believed K. But on the other hand, there are lots of boys there. Oh well. But seriously, please feature my story in your blog and tell me if I can really go to jail for commenting on Cora's tweet. Thank you so much. Well, Gina seems to make light of what happened to him. But his jolly nature can't hide what seems to be a grave concern. Is he liable for cyber libel under Republic Act Number 10175, otherwise known as the Cybercrime Prevention Act of 2012? Well, I can sense that Zeno is actually terrified. I mean, who won't be? Cyber libel is punishable by imprisonment of up to 12 years. What Gino is going through is not a simple problem. For most, it is a traumatic experience at the very least. Let us ask our guest lawyer, attorney Christine Florette, on whether Gino's act of commenting on Cora's libelous tweet is considered a violation of the cyber libel law. Good evening, JP and Blessy. It's good to be back in the podcast. I hope our listeners have learned something from our discussions of the law. Gino's predicament is common with so-called netizens nowadays. My usual advice is to think before you click. 
because people can get in hot water for their libelous posts and even fake news online. The issue at hand is, is the act of commenting on an openly libelous tweet of another punishable under the cybercrime law? Gino is lucky that the Supreme Court clarified in the case of Decini versus Secretary of Justice that Section 5 of the law, which defines aiding or abetting in the commission of cybercrime, has been declared null and void. The Supreme Court ruled that except for the original author of the libelous statement, the rest, or those who press like, comment, and share, are essentially knee-jerk sentiments of readers who may think little or haphazardly of their response to their original posting. It went on to explain that the old parameters for enforcing the traditional form of libel would be a square peg in a round hole when applied to cyber libel. Thus, unless the legislature crafts a cyber libel law that takes into account its unique circumstances and culture, such law will, will tend to create a chilling effect on the millions who use this new medium of communication in violation of their constitutionally guaranteed right to freedom of expression. However, the Supreme Court clarified that if the comment does not merely react to the original posting, but creates an altogether new defamatory statement or story like saying that the politician beats his wife and children, then that should be considered an original posting published on the internet. Both the penal code and the cybercrime law clearly punish, punishes authors of defamatory publications. Make no mistake, libel destroys reputations that society values. Allowed to cascade in the internet, it will destroy relationships and under certain circumstances, will generate enmity and tension between social or economic groups, races, or religions, exacerbating existing tension in their relationships. Well said, Attorney Florette. Thank you for clarifying that online postings such as liking an openly defamatory statement, commenting on it as what Gino has done, or sharing it with others are generally not considered violations of the cybercrime law. Whew, what a relief! That is true, partner. Gino, or Gina, can rely on the fact that as of now, the cyber libel law does not cover liking, commenting, or sharing an openly defamatory statement with others. While cyber libel oppresses the victim, his relatives and friends, evoking from mild to disastrous reactions, still, a law which seeks to regulate the use of the cyberspace communication technology 
to protect a person's reputation and peace of mind, cannot adopt means that will unnecessarily and broadly sweep, invading the areas of protected freedoms. So that is our episode for tonight. We hope that you were clarified about your duties and responsibilities while you post, like, share, and comment using your social media accounts. Just as what Attorney Floretti advised, think before you click. All right. So with my co-host, Blessy, we wish to be with you again in our upcoming podcast episode next week. Until then, good night and keep safe. Stories discussed in this podcast are inspired by real cases decided by the Supreme Court. The opinions and views of the guest lawyers are their own personal analysis and views on the featured topic. Any comment about the podcast episodes may be sent to Amico's Juris Facebook page. Thank you.